Man, school educator, brave school educator. Thinking about the fifth grade, you mentioned the fifth grade. I used to love the fifth grade. I spent three of my best years there. Until I didn't care for school that much, but I barely made it, even went to college. <laughs> and so that was, that was good, amen? Go to 1 Corinthians with me, please, this morning. Turn to 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. 10 and 13. There have no temptation that has taken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Say God is faithful. Say God is faithful. God is faithful. And who will not allow you to be tempted beyond, say beyond, what you're able. But with the temptation, I love this part. He'll make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. How many is glad for that? So on that note, um, I would like to tell you that temptations come to everyone. How many of you know that? I said temptations come to everyone. And I want to tell you a story that I told on Wednesday. So if you're here Wednesday, you're hearing this again. It's a story that I heard about a man. How many has ever been on a diet? Let me see your hand. How many people say, yeah, I don't need a diet. I like it. I don't need the diet. I like it the color it is already. Some, you'll catch that someone at 3 o'clock this afternoon. But the story of a man that was serious about a diet, losing weight and maintaining a diet was one of his priorities and and he was doing very good. And one morning after doing real good on his diet, this man comes to work with a dozen donuts and a cheesecake. His friends that were so proud of him were shocked and asked him, what happened? He said, oh, I forgot. And I took my old route to work today. He smiled and I decided that if God wanted me to stop at the bakery, he would give me a parking space right in front of the main entrance of the bakery. And you know, he did just that on the eighth trip around the block. I want you to know sometimes you have to avoid that has causing so many people to slip away into a place that they, once they arrive at, there is no return. Corinthians also tells us that let him who thinks that he can stand, lest he fall. And I'm going to say some things to you about temptation. How many's ever had temptations? How many's had one temptation? How many's had two? How many's had three? How many wish I quit counting and just move on? Everyone has temptations. But I want to say this to you. Don't let the devil sneak up on you. A prideful spirit precedes destruction and a haughty spirit the Bible says leads to a fall remember the movie the Titanic how many remember that movie and the builder of that Titanic when they were interviewing him before the famous movie came out they asked him what he thought of the structure of the Titanic and very pridefully this man 
beat it as chess, he said, not even God can sink it. Not even God could sink it. We know what happened. Here's things that I want to deposit to your spirit this morning before you leave about temptation. Number one, recognize <clears throat> the possibility of temptation because it's going to come your way. It's going to visit you. Remember, Satan is very sneaky. He has hundreds of disguises. Matthew tells us that. Hundreds of disguises. And the word tells us in Peter that he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Notice what he said. He walks about as a roaring lion. He's not a lion. Amen. He's disguising himself as a lion. The second thing I want you to know about temptation, reach out for help when you feel like you're being tempted. How many know that it is important? How many's ever had, how many gave up, how many had problems with nicotine? Let me see your hand in your past. How many got, how many shook it? Let me see your hand. How many still working on shaking it? Don't have to hold up your hand. We don't want to embarrass anybody. But those things happen. I always tell people if God wanted you to smoke, he'd put a chimney on top of your head. Those things are important because nicotine, every pack of nicotine that you read, it says, this can be hazardous to your health. How many know what the word hazardous mean? How many pray every day, oh Lord, let something hazardous happen to me? You don't pray that prayer. But we stick that prayer into our mouth when we have a habit that we can't shake. And yet the word that we read to you this morning, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There have, say with me, there have no temptation that has taken you, but such as is common to man. So those are common temptations that happen to people. So recognize the possibility of temptation. And, then the, and remember that Satan is very sneaky. And the devil walks about his world, but he's not a lion. The next thing you need to do is reach out for help in time of temptation. That's very important. That we learn to reach out for help. And a prayer is one of the many strong weapons and tools for overcoming temptation. How many understand that? We have one of the best prayer meetings every Tuesday morning here from 1030 to 1130 in our church. The word is a powerful weapon to overcome temptation. Psalm 119, if we can put that up there, Psalm 119 verse 11 gives us a very powerful scripture concerning temptation and the power. Your word, he said, have I hid in my heart. In other words, I put your word in my heart that I might not what? sin against you. If you want to walk in this life and not give in or yield to sin, put the word of God in your heart. Say amen if you believe that. And then always call on your prayer warriors for help to help you pray when you are going through a struggle. Go to powerful prayer meetings. They are excellent support groups. And we open ours every Tuesday at 10.30, 11.30 for people to come and pray. 
And then let's go to Psalm 91 and verse number one. How many know that there is a secret place? One of the first chapters that I memorize as a Christian, and it's good to memorize the word because the word is what keeps you. One of the first scriptures that I memorize in Psalm, uh, I memorize the whole chapter, verses 1 through verses 16 of this chapter. I memorize it. It said, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2, put it up there and keep going, verse 2 and 3 and 4. He who dwells in the secret place shall abide a shadow of the Most High. I will say of the Lord, he is my, my God, in him will I trust. Verse 3 says, surely, say surely with me. Look at your neighbor and say, surely. Say, hang in there, Elmo. You're going to make it. Say, surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence, from the perilous pestilence. And what will he do? He will cover me with his feathers and under his what? Wings I will take refuge or I will trust. His truth will be my what? My shield and my buckler. Verse number five. You, look at your neighbor, look at somebody and point at them and say, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flieth by day. Look at the next verse. Nor of the pestilence. Uh, that's what would you call the China virus, COVID. You will not be afraid of the virus that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that's waiting or lays for you at noonday. Verse 7. A thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but say to me, say, say, I love say, it's not coming near me. Look at somebody say, ain't coming near me. Look at verse 8. <clears throat> See, I've got to look at the first verse and I can go, only with thine own eyes. And then I, it all comes to my spirit. Say, only with thine own eyes shall you behold and see the what? The reward of the wicked. Look at verse 9. Because you have made the Lord. Say, because I've made the Lord my God, my refuge, say my most high. And he's also my dwelling place. Look at verse 10. No evil shall befall me, nor shall any plague come near my dwelling. Next verse. For he will give his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. Next verse. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Next verse. You shall thread Say with me, say thread. If you really want to say it right, say, say, say thread. You shall thread upon the lion and the cobra and the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Look at verse 14, 15, and 16, my favorite. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. 
I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? Did I get it right? With long life. How many want long life? I know about you, I want long life. So you have to run from temptation. Look at your neighbor and say, run Forrest, run. You have to run from temptation. Always call your prayer warriors when you're in trouble. Go to powerful prayer meetings. Find the secret place that we just read about. Number three, say, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That's James 4, 1, 4, 7. It says, submit yourself, James 4, 7. Submit yourself, therefore. Isn't that what it says? James 4, 7. Say, submit yourself, therefore. And it's there for a reason. That's scripture. It's there for a reason. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will he'll be hightailing it away from you. Where do I run to when I'm resisting? You run toward the Holy Spirit. You run to the secret place. You run to the altar of the Lord. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? I'm talking about resisting temptation. Number four, we have to learn to retreat from certain kinds of temptation. Why certain kinds? Because whether you know this or not, in life you will find out there are degrees of different temptations. Say degrees. Most people know the type of temptation to avoid and stay clear of. Let me talk about some of the things that are natural that we don't even like to talk about. Hanging around with the wrong people. Let me say it again. Some of you are missing a good chance. Amen. Hanging around the wrong kind of people. Say, keep in wrong company. You know what Proverbs said? A companion of fools shall be destroyed. Isn't that what it said? Un compañero de persona estúpido van a ser destruido. How many of you did not understand what I said? But it sounded pretty good to you. Come on, hold your hand. Sounded pretty good? You agree with it? Say amen. Okay, every one of you just said amen. You just donated a thousand dollars to the church. God bless you. Thank you so much. You were so generous without knowing what you got into. A companion of fools shall be destroyed. We have to learn the degrees of temptation. Being around wrong people, hanging around wrong people is dangerous. Whenever the devil wants to destroy you, he will put an ignorant person in your life. You got to be careful who you hang with. Common temptations alter the truth. Say common temptations. Just the common little things that you think are nothing, they will alter the truth. The devil adds to the truth. We need to avoid anything that trying to steal the truth. The bottom line is that I want to say to you is we are totally, repeatedly should be fleeing from temptation. Whenever we see it coming, and let me give you a little word of wisdom. God will never destroy, God will never deliver you from a temptation that you go out of your way to find. If you're going somewhere that you know there's a weakness in there, somebody that's going to pull you down, and you fall into it, it's your own fault, Roberto. You understand me? It's your own fault. Avoid it. Number five. 
Remove any means of sin from you that will tempt you. Just like the man that went on the diet. I mean, he was doing good. Then, then, then he took the wrong route. How many's ever taken the wrong route? Took the wrong route. And on the way there, he passed by the bakery. He said, well, God, this must be you. And circled around eight times till they got a parking in the front door of that main sinful bakery that added all those pounds to him. Amen? Say remove anything, any temptation that is going to drive you back into the wilderness of discouragement, despondency. You become disillusioned. You become disenchanted with life. And God has given you the word for you to extrapolate every temptation to get rid of it. Somebody say get rid of it. Let me, let me elucidate a little bit more about this. You and I have to get so involved in the word and look at what's going on that the next thing you do is, number six, replace. Say with me, replace bad influences with good influences. You say, what's a, what do you mean by that? Let me, let me give it to you. Everybody say, everybody say with me, elementary, my dear Watson. Replace, say replace good people with excellent people. Replace stupid people with smart people. Replace bad influence with good influence. You know what the Bible said? I, I, I quoted to, to you earlier, but... Let's put it up there so people could see that we don't make some of this stuff up. Proverbs 13 and 20. You know, God doesn't make the word up. He put the word in this book to help you. Can, can, when I start, will you all, and use your big adult voices or your loud voices. Will you start reading me when I start? Are you ready? He who walks wise men will be wise and a companion of fools say will be destroyed he who walks with wise men the word says will be wise but a companion of fools shall be destroyed the devil's ultimate goal for the church is to destroy you the answer here is let me let me let me bring it down a little bit more well, you and I can understand. The answer here in this number six, replacing bad influences with good ones, is the answer is to replace poor models with strong models. Say weak models with strong models. Basically, I think what God is telling us to find people who will point you to Christ and make you spiritually stronger. Let me, let me try it. I don't know whether, it's my microphone. Are they hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me try it again. Find people who will point you to Christ. Make you spiritually stronger. No, let me, let me try it like this. Hold you accountable. No, let me try this one. Find wise believers to pull you up alongside of them to walk on the road to victory. You understand that? Amen. Temptation 
visits every single household. I said temptation visits every single household. So what do I have to do to avoid that, Pastor? I am so glad you asked me that. Number seven, I must resolve to take the high road. Let me talk about the high road. A lot of people, when they get into an argument or dispute, they want to take the low road. So you got to know when people go low, you need to go high. Somebody say amen. How many know about going low and going high? How many has watched some of these debates and these elections? A lot of people going low. Very few people going high. Amen. And I'm not just talking about one, both parties. The guy that was president, they don't like him. A lot of people don't like him. The guy that is president, some people think he needs to, some people think he actually lives in the most expensive retirement home in America. Amen. I mean, I mean, there's just a lot of, a lot of stuff that's going on out there. But we got to take the high road. Because God can remove a person from a position quicker than your vote can. Did we turn the microphone up on that one too? <laughs> I said God can remove a person from a point, a position that he doesn't want them to quicker than a vote and a ballot can. And sometimes it happens in a very tragic way. And that's very unfortunate. So resolve to take the high road. Let me, let me talk about the high road here. Look at the map and look at the road that you want to take. Always look at the map, look at the road, look at the landscape, and remember what the word of the Lord said. What's it say? The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Another way to say this, the steps of a good man are ordained of the Lord. If you have been in the military, you know that this is a military statement. The steps of a good man are order of the Lord. How many know when you receive an order, you receive an order? My youngest son is a captain in the Marine Corps. He's been in the Marine Corps since he was 18 years old. Went there for about four and a half years and got out. Went to Old Roberts University for years, went back and became an officer. Became a, left as a sergeant from the, Marine, from the Marine Corps. Went to Quantico. Became second lieutenant and first lieutenant. And then uh, what come from the lieutenant? He became a captain is the next one, right? He's a captain. He's been in almost 15 years now. His next, his next promotion will be probably this summer. He'll become a major. And uh, he's done logistics, aviation logistics. He's, he, he's been on the platforms of where they do the F, F-18s, F-16s. He was a seat mech technician. He was the one that, that when he was in the military, he, would, he was the one that made sure that that ejection seat, when they, when they ejected, it would go up. And that's done by explosives. You, you, you can't put too much to kill the guy. Just get him out of there from being killed. And those are very important. And now he's going to go from St. Louis, where he is 
the, the executive officer of recruiting for Illinois, Missouri, and Arkansas, and he's going to Texas to do logistics all over again. But it takes, but you know what? When his major tells him to do something, he's not making a suggestion. He's giving him an order. Say with me the steps. Say it loud. Come on. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, when God gives you an order, start marching. Amen. I mean, you don't, you don't second you don't second guess what the executive officer tells you to do. You look at the map, you look at the road. Let me try it like this in military. If you see a bomb technician running, try to keep up with him. Somebody say amen. Because something is happening or else he wouldn't be running. And we need to look at life that temptations are going to come everywhere you go. Resolve to watch. Say with me, resolve to watch the path you take. You know, the Bible, Jesus even warned us that there's a, there's a, there's a road that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So you could be taking the wrong road. Resolve the path you take and the path that I take. Because there may be some wild forest in between those roads. How many understand? Finally, too many people in the church, and I hate to say this, but I've got to tell the truth, or I wouldn't be a good pastor. Too many people in the church are content to take the middle road and have half-hearted or minimum requirements to serve the Lord. Jesus said, if a man is not willing to take up the cross and follow me, he is not worthy for the kingdom. So he told us that in the book of Luke. I say to us today, my friend, let us take the hand of Christ and say, Lord, guide me and lead me to the promised land the believer and the church of 2024 should be prepared, and I want you to hear me very closely, for a prophetic surge and move of the Holy Spirit. Because when revival hits America again, and it will be sooner than we think, it's going to expose the corruption, the hidden sin, and the hidden ungodly motives of many in the camp of the woke people of America that are trying to destroy our nation, that are trying to destroy our values. But I believe with all my heart that God is going to restore decency back into the land. Somebody say amen. God is going to restore the reality of what a birth should be. And too many children don't even understand who they are. They're being told they can change their gender without telling their mommy and their daddy about it. I disagree with that one million percent. What God made you, he made you to be who you were, what you are. The Bible said, but as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God and even to them which believe upon his name. Too many people in the camp of the woke are trying to deceive you. Many have lost self-control. 
there's a lack of will, power. We have a revival coming of God power. Say with me, God power is what I need. There are those in America today who have no ability, zero ability, to stop what they're doing. Taking pills, consuming alcohol, putting nicotine in their body. Some people have no ability to stop eating when they should stop eating. Should not be this quiet in here. And those who have no ability to stop addictive behaviors that are controlling our nation like a bat out of hell. Matter of fact, Isaiah the prophet said in the book of Chronicles, the mouth of hell has enlarged itself without measure. It's opened up. I can remember, and I'll share this while talking with Gail about this in one of our devotions two, three mornings ago. I can remember when we were in a four-week revival. You know what four weeks is, folks? That's five services a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We take Thursday and Friday and Saturday off. I was in a four-week revival. I Actually, I was in four revivals. Let me try it like this. I was in four revivals. One for a period of 35 weeks. Two weeks in Pahaska. Four weeks in Elk City, Oklahoma. Three weeks in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And 26 weeks in Ardmore. You know, you know how many weeks is that? That's 35 weeks in one year. I only had Pahaska, Elk City, Tulsa, and Ardmore. I only had four revivals in 35 weeks. The first revival, many people got saved. Baptized in the Holy Ghost. Remember the one in Bartlesville? I didn't even mention that one. And that was four weeks. Yeah. And the one in, 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 in Bartlesville, they told us to go to the county jail before church. And I had Steve and Rita Chadwick with me. She was doing our music. And Steve was her husband. And I had to leave because I had, the church was waiting for me because they... Somebody brought a person from the ICU in an ICU bed because they wanted that person to get healed because they were dying of cancer. Remember that? They brought that big bed in there down the aisle of that church and wanted me to pray for that person at Bartlesville, First Assembly of God. And Steve was still in the jail and some men said they wanted to get baptized in water. How do you baptize people in water in a jail? Well, we have before, but we got a horse trough. Steve put the shower on. Remember that? And he took two or three male inmates and baptized them in the shower. And there were people speaking in tongues in that jail. That was one of the revivals. At Bartlesville, First Assembly of God, I know Steve and Rita watch from time to time. They'll remember, remember this. And then from there... We did those meetings, and we went to Ardmore. Gil and I went to Ardmore. The temptation of being committed to five services a week for 35 weeks, Tommy, wasn't easy on this body. I mean, I, must, I was much younger when that happened. 
But you know, but I went ahead and forged through the commitment. For 26 weeks, we saw hundreds of people saved. Prayer cloths that were given. We gave two or three thousand prayer cloths. I remember in this service, all the youth of that church, there's about 40 of them, came and they were handing out prayer cloths. And one of the kids in the youth group got sick in the service. And about half a dozen youth, including our older son that was in that revival that's in heaven now, went to the emergency room to take this one kid. And he was just laying on a stretcher there in the emergency room. They didn't know what was going on. We were still in church at Crystal Rock Cathedral. Dr. Spradling, the pastor, who also watches us from time to time, he remembers this. All of a sudden, uh, about a dozen of those kids walked out, went to the emergency room, and they took a prayer cloth with them. We were still praying for people at the Crystal Rock Church. And all of a sudden, they came back with the boy that was in the hospital that was taking the emergency. What they do, they took one of those prayer cloths and they laid it on the guy. They let the doctor let him come in and they laid it on the guy. And the guy got up out and said, I'm going home. And then they came back and they were telling the story in the altar. We still have in church. And they were taking the prayer cloth and they were passing it around to people to show them the prayer cloth that healed the boy, that, which is in Acts 19. They were showing him that actual prayer cloth. And I'm telling you, God is my witness. They took that prayer cloth, which was a white prayer cloth that we had prayed for thousands of them, and they were passing them around like this. And then people would go to them and, go, and then they would pass it to somebody else. What was going on? They said the prayer cloths were so hot they couldn't hold them. It was burning their hands. Wow. Remember that? They was doing that in that revival. And that's what I want to cry that God give us that kind of revival again. And when it was all said and done, toward the end of the revival, six months later, after 26 weeks, they had paraded people up on the stage of that church to give testimonies of what happened to them. How many members of one family? There was 22 members of one family in that church that got saved in that revival. They visited from all over. And 20, could you have having 22 members of your family come to a revival you ask them to come to and they get saved? Boy, that's a, that's a hallmark. That's an odyssey. Amen. And then they began to pray people up there. Lady that came to move to Sepulpa for a couple of years with her husband became our secretary, Kathy and Jim. She was on seven medications because of health problems, and she got saved at that meeting and got off of every medication pill. Her husband was a three-pack smoker, got delivered, never lifted a cigarette again. Y'all acting like you hear stuff like this all the time. You ought to be throwing money up here right now. Amen? And I remember one man. He's a little Indian man. Probably 65, 70 years old now. 
And he's still there because we preached there about 10 months ago. They asked, or a year ago, they asked us to come back to be there with them on a Sunday the, at the, the church I was there for 26 weeks. And he came up to me to tell me he was still saved. He came up to give a testimony that he had been, I want you to listen to this, friend. He had been the town drunk. Ardmore is now probably, well, maybe 50, 45,000 people. He had been the town drunk. He had been taken in for drunkenly and disorderly. He had been arrested 22 times. And after that revival, not got picked up one more time. God delivered him from alcohol. The temptation that I have today is, I won't see that happen. But I need some younger flesh like Tommy flesh, young flesh, Cody flesh, 18 year old flesh to go out there and get anointed, get called into the ministry and go do that kind of stuff. Amen. Because it can happen. God wants to explode. And then there's another Cody that's coming after he graduates from Teen Challenge here on March the 5th and he can become one of those messengers of hope. Hallelujah. You get anything out of this? Say the church has got to have good Holy Ghost meetings. Amen. Let me tell you, stand with me for just a minute. I believe that God can bring us to a full circle moment and do everything I told you, do it all over again. Say he can do it again. In many locations, with many more preachers, because of the chaotic condition our country is currently in. What are you saying, Pastor? We can still make the crooked places straight. And people will not miss their hour of visitation. I'm believing that the shaking and the shifting will begin soon. Amen? Sooner than we think. Close your eyes for just one moment, please. If you're in this building, say, Pastor Torres, man, I, I've been challenged today. I don't want to fall into temptation of giving in to the path of least resistance. I want to go all the way with you. Say, I want to go all the way with you. Here's what I want you to know. If you have somehow, and please hear me, I'm talking to you in the building and I'll address you online in just a moment. You're in the building if you're here right now. I feel like I have slipped a little bit away from my commitment. I'm being challenged right now to do something I've never done so I can receive something I've never received. And I've been a little backward and I want God to kind of stir me up, light the fire back in me. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Would you do me a favor? Would you hold your hand up? Say, hey, pastor, I love the Lord, but I'm one of those. I just need to be re-stirred up, re-fired up, rekindled. Let me see your hand. Put it up. Come on. Don't be embarrassed. Thank you so much for being honest. 
with yourself, being honest with God. Now, here's a second appeal for those in here. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Say, Pastor Lewis, I'm not sure that if the Lord were to come back today to take us in the rapture. Rapture is when the world is stop here and we'll begin our reign in heaven and the seven-year tribulation period will begin in this earth. But I don't know that I'm really... I'm not sure that things are right between me and God. I've got things I need to settle. This is one of serious, very serious. And I really need to make peace with God. I'm really not sure that all is well. I've got issues that are not resolved and not under the blood yet. It's about eyes are closed. Can you, when you pray a prayer, please pray for me. I need to make things right with God and maybe with some other people that it's about eyes are closed between you and the pastor, no one else. Would you hold your hand up and say, could you say a prayer for me? I'm really not sure. God bless you. Anyone else? Quickly. God bless you, sir. God bless you, young man. Anyone else? Yes, God bless you, this precious lady. So three people here. Anyone else? Say, say a prayer for me real quickly. Everybody look this way. Everybody look this way now. I want those of you that raise your hand, and we're going to join you on it. So you're not going to be singled out. Say this prayer with me. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, please forgive me. I wasn't sure. But this preacher told me today that if I confess with my mouth and I believe with my heart that Jesus rose from the dead, I can be saved and I will be happy. So say this prayer with me. Say, Father in heaven, forgive me for waiting and now I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord forgive me of all my sins and my failures and putting it off and procrastinating in Jesus name I accept you let's give the Lord a hand for three people here that said yes to Jesus and those of you that are watching me right now if you're watching and you need to make peace with God we're going to say the same prayer with you online as we said with those that are here live in our service. And we will repeat it with you here. So if you're watching us, put a like, say, I prayed with you, Pastor. I prayed the prayer. I'm having issues. Say this prayer with me. We'll say with you together. Come on, church. Let's say with them. Father, forgive me. Give me peace. Forgive me of every sin every failure every shortcoming and I confess with my mouth on this day that you are my Lord my master on this 21st day of January 2024 the year of our Lord I receive you in my heart friend if you pray that prayer just got a brand new start. Got a brand new roadmap. Got a brand new path. And you can start your journey and your odyssey with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. How many is glad you came to church today? Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. Some of you young people, go tell our young couple over there. We're glad that they came and visited us over there. That that guy with that. When I get when I get old enough, I'm gonna get my hair to look just like yours, nice and bushy and stuff, man. Make sure you go and 
give these guys a greeting, go up there and hug their neck, tell them that where we and we're we're glad you guys came. This young little uh, sweet girl that came up to me and said that she was dedicated in this church. Is that what you say? You were, your mom and daddy dedicated you to this church many years ago. We're we're glad you're here, and we want you to know that uh, it's, we're still here, <laughs> and we love and appreciate you, Father. In Jesus' name. As we dismiss this place, Father, never dismiss us from your presence. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit and his guiding light and the peace that passes all understanding in Jesus' name. God bless you. Shake hands. Be friendly with people. Amen. Yeah. Prayer meeting at 1030. It's Tuesday, 1030. Unless there's some catastrophic wedding. Uh, wedding.